It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. There are only 10 games left this season. It's time to talk a little bit about the rookies and how the Magic need them to finish their season. Plus, some Jonathan Isaac news. And yeah, we're going to talk some UCF basketball because the ladies deserve your respect. Let's get to it. It's time for a Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is March 22nd, 2022. My name is Philip Rossmark. I'm the site expert and editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk a little bit about Franz Wagner and how the Magic need to use him these final 10 games of the season. And we're going to talk about Jalen Suggs and how the Magic need to use him or not use him as they get ready for their final, his final 10 games of his rookie season. We'll talk about the rookies and what's ahead. Plus, we're going to give some love to the ladies uh, and the UCF women's basketball team as the Magic gets set to take on the Golden State Warriors tonight at the Amway Center. But before we do that, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's the first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, no matter when, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering your team, no matter who it is. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Um, Before we dive in- into Franz Wagner, um, you know, one of the, I guess, advantages of recording um, later in the morning. Um, I do have to address breaking news that just came down probably 10 minutes ago. Um, Kobe Price of the Orlando Sentinel reporting that Jonathan Isaac had a minor or what is being described as a minor setback in his recovery, um, dealing going through a surgical procedure to uh, clean up a, a hamstring issue that he was having. Um, according to Kobe Price's report, reporting, um, 
Isaac suffered the setback the day that it was announced that he was uh, going to be shut down for the season or that he wasn't going to play this season. Um, and again, just shows you how always precarious um, these recoveries are. Um, you know, look, Magic fans have every right to be frustrated um, that Isaac is not on the floor this year. Um, they have every right to be frustrated, I think, with, with management. If there's one major misstep that I think this front office has had uh, and this management group has had, it has been, um, yes, they're trying to protect the player. Yes, they're trying to to not have timelines and and give the player all the full recovery. And, and I'm, I think everyone is for that, to be perfectly honest. I think everyone believes that that is the right approach and the right way to deal with people, not just with players, but... I do also agree that the Magic allowed for an information vacuum and allowed for a lot of frustration among fans who are just hungry for information um, uh, throughout the whole injury process. Um, and even saying, well, he's doing X, Y, Z, um, you know, just giving some status update or even making the player available to give give the update that he's comfortable giving, um, you know, I, I, I think would have gone a long way to satisfy fans and and not lead to rampant speculation. Um, again, Jeff Weltman and Jonathan Isaac both reiterated last week when it was announced that Isaac would not play this season, um, that he did not have a setback until this point. And so, yes, now that now we know, yes, there was a setback. The front office was pretty forthcoming about it. Um, and, and as and as Kobe uh, reports, um, is not expected to miss the beginning of training camp. This is not expected to keep him uh, from at least that timeline. And hey, even that's a timeline a little bit. Um, if you ha- if you have not read it, uh, a follow Kobe Price on Twitter. Um, K-H-O-B-I underscore price, I believe. Um, or, or definitely uh, follow him on the Orlando Sentinel for more details on this story um, as it continues to develop. Obviously, Isaac out for the rest of the year. We knew that already. Um, but a minor setback that required a, a surgical procedure in his hamstring. But we're, we're in the 10-game countdown here. Tonight against the Golden State Warriors, the Magic will, are, are, will officially play game 73, um, meaning we are in the final 10 games of the season. It is... Then unbelievable, A, both how slow this season has gone and how quick quick this season has gone. Um, certainly, I think there's a lot of us who are ready for things to reset a little bit and head to the offseason. A lot of questions coming up um, for the Magic's offseason as they begin to begin to build now that the now that the foundation is, is getting set. Um, but also, it, it feels like it's just getting started. It feels like this team is really starting to come into its own and, and find its way. And so I think that uh I think that that um, Orlando, and, and now that I'm looking at my phone, um, four minutes ago, jo- jo- uh, the Magic announced that Jonathan Isaac underwent a procedure on his right hamstring. So that is now a fi- an official statement, not just a uh, report from Kobe. Although definitely still follow Kobe because he's cool. Um, the the big thing here, so we want to talk about these final 10 games, is, is what can the Magic get out of it? Um, and, and for me, I think the place to start is with the rookies because a lot of the season was still about the rookies, just getting them experience, getting them on floor, figuring out what they are and how they fit because they are huge pieces to this puzzle. Um, regardless of what they ultimately end up being, I think we could say that Franz Wagner and Jalen Suggs will both be key players uh, in this puzzle and both be key players for the team moving forward. And so these final 10 games um, are uh, about them as much as anyone else. And, and and if the Magic are going to use these final 10 games to experiment a little bit, um, to test some things out, there is no better person to test things out than with Franz Wagner. If there is one complaint that everyone in Magic fandom has, and this includes me, um, one complaint that Magic fans have about the way Franz Wagner's rookie season has gone, it is he has not done enough. Uh, 
And to be, to be frank, that just feels true. Wendell Carter has been great. Cole Anthony's had his moments. Franz Wagner has looked the part. Um, and, and again, I, I think that he has fit really, really well into the role that the Magic have played him. Um, I've said this numerous times. When the offense is working, the ball finds Franz because he is that good. Um, he's that smart of a player. That the one thing we haven't really seen is Franz Wagner as the featured score. And the few times we have seen it, it's been interesting. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's for sure the way to go or for sure his role or for sure what he needs to do. There's still a lot of work he needs to develop develop in. But the Magic haven't really made Franz Wagner a featured offensive player, a featured creator, a featured scorer. Again, the few times they have, it's been interesting. Um, in Thursday's loss to the Detroit Pistons, Franz Wagner scored 13 of his 26 points in the third quarter. The Magic cut the lead down to six. Say what you want about Sadiq Bey. I think I mentioned this um, in, in Friday's episode. Say what you want about Sadiq Bey. Magic gave up 51, whatever. That's not why the Magic lost. That's not why the Magic lost. Not at all. Um, the Magic lost because... A, their defense sucked. <laughs> but the Magic lost because their offense just kind of went away from what was working. In the fourth quarter of that game, Franz Wagner shot only one shot. He missed it. One shot in the fourth quarter from the guy who was leading your team in scoring. And, and tr trust me, like watching that game, Detroit wasn't playing great defense. You know, again, all credit to them for winning the game. They, they won the game. The Magic were worse that night. Um, but Detroit was Detroit left the door open. For Orlando to go to waltz through and steal that game back. Um, again, who cares if you score 51 if you lose the game? Um, and, and, and that's that was the frustrating part of that game. And and, and you look at the numbers, uh, and, and Franz Wagner is getting less involved. Less involved again. This is just this is just um point by point by point by point, um, kind of where we're at. Again, you look at that third quarter. Fogger, 13 points, went 5 for 7, 30.3% usage rate. Fourth quarter, only one shot, a 6.7% usage rate. The guy just was not involved. He's obviously having a great year, averaging a little bit more than 15 points per game, but doing it on just 12 and a half field goal attempts per game and a usage rate of 20.6%, at least entering Sunday's game. So again, he's, he's essentially... Scoring 15 points per game. Well, so expl let me explain usage rate a little bit. Essentially, usage rate is a calculation of how many possessions you have where you are the last person to touch the ball. So if you shoot, uh, if you shoot a field goal, if you turn the ball over, if you get to the foul line, you essentially get a point. And so in in, in a completely ecumenical, uh, completely egalitarian offense, not ecumenical, um, in a completely egalitarian offense, this is what I get for using big words. I'm in a completely equal offense. Everyone's going to average 20% usage rate because if 100 divided by five is 20. Um, I could do that math. Um, so typically, superstar, typically, star players are in the upper 20s, 27, 28, 29%. Super duper stars like your Russell Westbrooks, your Trey Youngs, your LeBron James, they're in the 30s. So again, you're not looking for a guy necessarily to be that high. We don't want Franz that high, but essentially, Franz is getting used as if he is anyone else on the court this year. And he's still averaging 15.4 points per game. You can see why so many of us think that Franz can take that step up, can do a little bit more. Um, 
When, Wa- when Wagner won Rookie of the Month in December, he was averaging 19.5 points per game on 14.9 field goal attempts per game with a 23.9% usage rate. So again, a little bit higher, but certainly not at star levels. But since then, all of his numbers have declined. In January, he averaged 15.6 points per game on 12.3 field goal attempts with a 21% usage rate. In February, dropped to 14.7 on 11.6 field goal attempts with a 19.8% usage rate. Again, as, as guys came back, Wagner got the ball less. He's not necessarily a point guard. And entering Sunday's game, Wagner, entering Sunday's game in March, Wagner was averaging 14.6 points per game on 11.8 field goal attempts per game and a 19.7% usage rate. Again, so at least at least that seems to be his floor. He's got to get you 14 points per game, um, no matter even if you don't use him, even if you accidentally use him. What I'm saying here then is not necessarily that the magic need to just give Franz the ball. And in fact, I don't think that's Franz's game. Um, you know, the one thing that I've been super impressed with Franz Wagner in this entire season has been his ability to read the defense. He knows that if he's on the attack and the attack isn't there, he doesn't just go back out and try again. He goes back out and he kicks the ball. He moves the ball to the next to the next option. He is not going to waste time and waste efficiency and waste movement. His game is not necessarily off the dribble quite yet. So that means the coaches have to do a better job, A, calling plays to get him the ball in spots he's comfortable in, B, setting up plays to get him shots, whether it's you know on the perimeter, attacking closeouts, um, or coming downhill on cuts or, or whatever. And, and, or, or C, they just got to tell Franz, like, hey, experiment a little bit. It's okay to make a mistake right now. It's okay to kind of break this tendency. Um, and, and be a little more creative. And, and I think we're starting to see a little bit of that. Sunday was definitely a struggle for him. He didn't have the greatest shooting performance. That you think we're starting to see Franz get a little bit more aggressive on the ball. And, and if there is something I want to see in these final 10 games, it's, A, I want to see Franz get those shots up. Make those mistakes. Try and take a guy off the dribble. Try and make, do an ISO move. Try and take a tough sh- tough jumper, uh, a tough contested jumper. Like, uh, for me... The biggest thing, Franz, there's two two things that Franz needs to improve on offensively for me this year. The first is I want to see him continue to improve finishing around the basket. That's that's expected. He's a rookie. He's great at getting to the basket. Um, the finishing is always the most difficult part, especially for young players. Um, and second, I want to see Franz develop a little pull-up game, little two-dribble pull-up to the free-throw line. If he can develop that, he is going to be in really, really good shape moving forward. He's going to be really, really good um, for the team. And yes, if he could develop even if he could develop a two dribble pull up, he's so good at keeping guys off balance, keeping guys on his hip, reading where the defense is, reading how to get to the basket. If he's able to to, to drop a jumper or pull up jumper on guys, he's an all star. This plain and simple. That's what's missing in his game. It's okay to work on that now. This is a time to make those experiments and to have those to have that fun. And of course, playing with Markel Fultz is also going to increase Franz's opportunities, as we've seen in their limited time together. At the end of the day, getting Franz Wagner on the ball has to be a key goal. It has to be central to what the Magic are doing. And thinking of ways to, to not necessarily feature him more, but make him more prominent is clearly better for this team. Um, and, and that's something that Jamal Mosley is going to have to work on and think about all offseason. We'll obviously see Franz a little bit during summer league, most likely, um, and, and see where he's at. And, and, and I'm sure being the sophomore, being the big guy on the team, um, you know, he's going to be the leader on that team. Him and Jalen are going to be the leaders on that team. And I expect them to play like it. 
you know, you, you want to see second year players dominate summer league. It's not good when they don't um, just because they know what they're doing. And again, Franz knows what he's doing. And even in a disorganized setting where he struggled last year, he should be a lot better. Um, but these last 10 games are the perfect time to experiment and let Franz go to work. Now tonight he might have Draymond Green on him. Draymond Green might be guarding Wendell Carter, but he might have Draymond Green on him. Hey, it's a good time to make mistakes and learn lessons too. These final 10 games, Franz has to be the focus. Has to be. And obviously we saw at the end of the game on Sunday, Franz was the run running, running pick and rolls at the end of the game. Franz was the one initiating offense. And yes, Wendell Carter finished that game because he willed it so. But Franz was a big part of that puzzle. We'll talk a little bit about what Jalen Suggs needs to get accomplished in these last 10 games or what he doesn't need to get accomplished in these last 10 games. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. For all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Today's podcast also brought to you by Athletic Greens. Um, Athletic Greens is, is, is really something that I'm starting to use every day. And I, I know we've talked about this a little bit here on the show. They, they've been with us for a few weeks now. Uh, they did give me a free sample. That's that's the benefit of this. But uh, I, I'm really starting to feel the effects of Athletic Greens. Um, I'm not a vitamin person. You've heard me say that numerous times on other ad reads. Uh, I'm not a person that gets into these kinds of products. It's really been difficult to make it part of my day. But What's great about Athletic Greens is it's really simple to, to make part of your day, to add to whatever you're doing, and it gives you so many important nutrients and vitamins that you need for your, for your day. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I typically leave all my athletic green stuff right by where my breakfast is. So I remember to take it every single day. The hardest thing to do with any workout routine, with any nutritional supplement, with anything new is to make it part of your routine. And, and, and I've worked really hard to make athletic greens part of my routine now, um, just by making it convenient and easy to grab when I go get breakfast. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while tasting good. Supports better sleep quality and recovery. Supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated complicated supplement routine to recover that cost him more than $100 per day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own. And he's making sure that it is something that's available to everyone. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. 
It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. The other bit of Magic news that came out today, the Orlando Magic have signed Jeff Doughton to a 10-day contract. We're now roughly April 10th, so we're 20 days away from the end of the season here. So, Likely, Jeff Doughton will be with the team for the rest of the season. Sorry, Giannis Tima fans. Um, Doughton, of course, spent training camp with the Orlando Magic, uh, was waived, has been playing for the Lakeland Magic, but has played a couple few games with Golden State Warriors and Milwaukee Bucks this season. Very high-level G League player. Remember, he hit the game-winning shot against the Celtics in the preseason. Um, so definitely uh, definitely excited to have him around. I think he's, uh, he's going to be a fun player to add, and hopefully the Magic do get to use him. Just a little bit. Um, but one one reason why I think Magic are trying to shore up their point guard position a little bit is, A, they don't want to play RJ Hampton there. Um, but B, um, it, it, we're definitely toward the end of the season. Um, and, you know, 10 games left. Everyone kind of sees the finish line. And, and, and if that's why attention kind of waned last week, that is certainly a possibility. But um, with Jalen Suggs now injured um, on the shelf with a, I think it's been called a, a right ankle bone bruise. Um, it is starting to feel less likely he's go- he, that, 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 that he's going to play. I mean, look, y'all know me. I, I despise tanking. I hate the idea. But I am not against shutting guys down or, or holding guys out with injuries at this point of the season. There is nothing of importance to play for. And, and for a guy like Jalen Suggs, it is far more important to have him healthy for the summer than it is to play him right now and potentially get re-injured or go hard on an injury that isn't fully healed. There are bigger things at play here. And I certainly acknowledge that and certainly believe that there are bigger things in play for these individual players. And you have to think about what's best for the player. So it would not surprise me if Jalen Suggs is done for the year. Um, it would not surprise me if he is, if, if this, if we have seen the last of Jalen Suggs this year. And, and if that is the case, it has been a weird season for Jalen Suggs to say the least. Um, look, I don't think anyone should be giving up on a on a kid this young, uh, and and a kid that still has this much talent. Um, we have seen that talent on full display. He has been fantastic attacking the basket. Wright's actually is one of the best players in the league at getting to the basket. His finishing at the rim, you know, and leaves something to be desired. It's not where it needs to be. It's like at fifty. Looking up the numbers now. Um, it, it, his finishing at the rim is at 59.36%, according to basketball index. Um, he, they rate him as a minus 1.7 in rim shot making. Um, so again, a negative guy finishing at the rim, but he gets there, gets there a lot. 12.1 adjusted drives for 75 possessions, 5.3 total shots at the rim per 75 possessions. Basketball index's rim shot creation metric rates Suggs at plus 1.4. So again, you're looking at a guy who's plus 1.4 getting to the rim. Minus 
making shots at the rim. So again, that's 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 quite a difference, and that's that's a number they got to get that shot making number up because if you're if you're going to struggle to shoot the way Suggs has struggled to shoot, you better be making shots at the rim to make up for it. And he gets to the foul line a lot, so there's there's a lot really to like about Jalen Suggs still. And obviously his defense has been incredible, especially for a rookie. He rates positively in a lot of catch-all defensive metrics. He's averages 1.6 steals per 75 possessions, 3.3 deflections per 75 possessions. He's in the top quarter of the league in both of those, pretty comfortably, if I remember correctly, um, according to Basketball Index. It, there, there is a lot to like about the way that Jalen Suggs plays and what Jalen Suggs can be. But there is undoubtedly a lot of work, too. Obviously, the shot has to come around. He's shooting below 30%. On three pointers, he's been under twenty percent since since January first, since he came back from his injury. Um, he is a, he is just really struggling to shoot, and, and teams are starting to pick up on that uh, and, and knowing that he's going to drive. And you know, I, I've seen some people say, "Oh, you know, we we don't need a guy guy that can't shoot." And I agree with that. But if Jalen Suggs is Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart's pretty good. I'll I'll take that. But um, obviously, the Magic need a star player, and and that's what the Magic thought they were getting in Jalen Suggs. And this is not to say that Suggs can can't get there still. There's a long way to go. Darren Fox had a similarly difficult year. I've compared a little bit of Suggs's rookie year to Victor Oladipo. I think Oladipo is a little bit more advanced um, because he stayed in, he was in college for three years. Um, so I do think that Suggs can get can get to that star level. Both Darren Fox and Victor Oladipo are all-star players. They're all-star caliber players. Um, so Suggs still has a long way to go. This is not a time to give up on Jalen Suggs. At the same time, it's a time to acknowledge that there's a lot of work to do. And the only way he's going to get that work done healthy this offseason, the only way he's going to get that work done is if he has, you know, take two weeks off at the end of the season, come back in May, get your work in from May through June, June into July, come back for summer league. Let's see where you're at in summer league and then get, finish up your work in the lab uh, in July and August, heading into the, heading into uh, uh, workouts in September, preseason workouts in September, and then the preseason and training camp in September. This is a, a solid May, June, July, August, September, a solid five months that Suggs needs to work on his game and get a lot better. And, and that's going to be the biggest key for him is getting that work in, doing that work, uh, doing that work and being healthy to do that work. Because if he's hurt, if he's on the shelf, that's time he's losing. We saw with Aaron Gordon, especially how much injuries can impact your development. Aaron Gordon coming into summer league his second year looked like a completely different player. Um, it's hard to remember this, but he looked like a bona fide scorer off the bounce. Um, and it was really, really impressive. Then he broke his jaw, was on the shelf for two months and couldn't do anything. He came back and just wasn't ready to go in training camp. Um, the most important thing for Jalen Suggs right now is being ready for training camp in September. Do getting all the work in that he can, being healthy through the summer. Uh, and being ready to go and ready to make an impact on this team in September. Um, you know, again, that's that's where development's going to come for him. It's not going to come in these meaningless games where you know he he plays he plays balls to the wall. Let's let's be real. He's going to go up. He's going to get hit. He's going to fall. That's how he plays. That's how he's made up. And you don't want that to change. Um, but you need him to improve some skills. You need him to improve uh, and develop in these areas if he's going to make an impact for this team. And and that's really where I'm at. I am not against shutting down Jalen Suggs for the rest of the season. Um, it, it, the Magic have not officially announced such. He is going to be out again tonight. He hasn't practiced with the team here for a while. Obviously, this homestand's done. There's going to be fewer and fewer practices here the rest of the season. Um, it's 
he's he's got his work cut out for him, obviously, and he's got a lot of work to do to get where he needs to be. But this is a time to kind of reset the battery, hit reset on him, pause him a little bit. Pause is probably the better better uh, phrase. Pause him a little bit, get him healthy, get him 100%, and then turn him loose into the summer and say, hey, work on these things, get your work in this summer, come back in September ready to go. And, and, and I think that's I think that's the big thing for Jalen Suggs. He's not going to get much from these games. We've seen what we need to see from him this 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 season. His improvement's going to come in the offseason, and it's a big offseason for Jalen Suggs as, as much as anyone else. Obviously, your rookie sophomore year is usually a huge jump. This is a summer to make that jump, and the Magic need to make sure Suggs is set up to make that jump. And so, I, again, I would not be surprised if Suggs is done for the year. Um, I don't think I need to see anything more from Jalen Suggs. Uh, I don't think he's going to show me anything more that, that I need to see. It's just going to be about getting him healthy for the offseason. We'll close the show. We'll talk a little bit about tonight's game against the Golden State Warriors, plus give some love to the ladies at UCF and the effort that they gave in their loss to UConn. We'll get to that coming up here in just a minute. But first, a quick word from our pals at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local auto chain, local, local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So I endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Your warehouse is literally right there. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could need, from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The Orlando Magic will take on the Golden State Warriors tonight at the Amway Center to close their six-game homestand. Uh, certainly some motivation, I think, on the Magic's part to win this game. Um, you know, you want to finish a homestand 3-3. Three and three. A big thing about the Magic uh, that they've said is they want to um, establish their home court a little bit better. I, I think getting big wins against marquee opponents, and, and yes, I know Steph Curry's not playing tonight, um, but getting big wins against marquee opponents is still a, an important thing for building your fan base, building confidence. Showing proof of proof of concept that you can win. Um, right now, again, 
big home wins, beat Chicago without Zach Levine, I believe, beat Utah at the end of a road trip, but beat Utah, beat Denver, um, beat Minnesota. Um, there, there have been some nice road, nice home wins, but not any kind of marquee home wins. And again, Golden State will be without Stephen Curry, so that it will not be as marquee, but there will be a lot of attention on the Amway Center tonight from the Magic Faithful. Um, it's going to be an interesting battle. Um, Golden State's offense has struggled a lot without Stephen Curry. Uh, Draymond Green is still set to play, so there'll still be some defense, and obviously Klay Thompson is still gunning around. But those young Warriors teams do play very, very hard, and and, and obviously the Magic are not a, not a team that can count on wins against anyone. Um, so Orlando is going to have to play really solid defense again, like they have for much of the last three months. Um, that's that's going to be the big key to this game again, just like it was Sunday night against Oklahoma City. Defense is what kept them in the game, and so we'll see how the magic how the magic play and how the magic react to this. Obviously, I think Draymond Green's probably going to be guarding Wendell Carter, so Wendell Carter's going to have his work cut out for him. He's going to have to prove his chops um, on that front, and Orlando is going to have to have a solid effort all around. They're going to have to make shots, which is not always easy for them to do. Um, even though Golden State will certainly have their offensive struggles without Curry on the floor. I wanted to spend this last segment, though, um, giving some props to uh, the UCF Knights. Um, I I know this is a magic podcast. All of you listening are in Orlando. Um, But I I am always conscious of what's going on in the city beautiful here. Uh, Yesterday was 321 Day. Happy 321 Day, everybody. Um, 407 Day will be coming up here very shortly. Um, But um, I want to give props to the UCF Knights. Um, uh, In my day job, I'm, I'm a producer at Spectrum Sports 360, so I've been following the UCF women's basketball team uh, all season long. I've been following them really for a few years now too. Um, what coach, uh, Kate Abramson Henderson has built, uh, UCF has been really impressive. They are a standout defensive team. They are just, a, a, a so such a good defensive team. They won their first AAC title. They won their first AAC tournament title this year. They had their highest seed in the NCAA tournament as a seven seed in program history. They won their first NCAA tournament game on Sunday, on Saturday against the Florida Gators. Um, and so just a lot of firsts in this program, in this program, but, um, taking a team as good as UConn, and this isn't, this isn't the greatest UConn team. I'll give it that, but UCF took UConn down to the wire. Um, missed free throws ultimately cost UCF more than anything else. Missed free throws, uh, were a a huge, huge deal in this game. Um, and, and UCF played hard. They did everything right. Um, Game got mucky, which is how they wanted it played. Um, they dictated the tempo to UConn, and 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 again held it was held on to the lead for much of the first half. Um, just couldn't find the offense uh, at the end, but a, a heck of an effort from the UCF uh, Knights women's basketball team. There are big things ahead for this program. Um, you know, Diamond Battles will be back for a super senior year next year. She was incredible. Um, she's a really special guard, really strong, really good defender. Uh, you know kind of forced into the to the to the creation role which may not be her best thing but that she she plays hard they have great two bigs in Masani Kaba and Brittany Smith both played incredibly well all season just locking down the paint as UCF had the lowest uh had the best uh, scoring defense in the entire nation this year they proved that they belonged on a national stage they got their first AP ranking earlier this year and it was way too late in the season for how well they were playing um they lost just one AAC game one conference game all year um they 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 had a style. They embraced that style. They embraced the grime. They embraced the work. And they were just a fun team to watch all season long. So to Coach Abe uh, and the whole UCF women's basketball program, a uh, 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 congratulations on a great season. This loss should sting. Like definitely let it sting a little bit. But appreciate all that you've accomplished this year and know that that there are big things ahead for the UCF women's basketball program. So congratulations to all of them. 
on on, on a historic season of, of basketball. Just want to give them the, the props that they deserve. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey. All the fun places on the podcast to your podcast enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. We'll be back again tomorrow to talk about the Orlando Magic's game against the Golden State Warriors. Until then, for Orlando Magic Daily, Locked On Magic, this has been Phil Rock We'll show again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.